Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get to I'm like glad your mom, mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, really should I punch him? <laughs> it doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 81. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul, who is not alone again. Yay! You're never alone when you're with us, Paul. Exactly. Yeah. But this is actually 81, not a not episode. This is not a not episode. Not a not. And um, if you listened to us last week, thanks. If not, um, you don't know what we do, we'll give you a little rundown. Mm-hmm. We're a uh, weekly podcast that comes to you in four ways. The first being The Week in Geek, covering the top geek news of the past week. Next is the list of uh, books we're looking forward to coming out May 4th. Then thirdly, we have our monthly rotating topic, which is uh, our comic books that we're going to be looking back at. Uh, but we have Fear Itself, number one, Uncanny X-Men, number 535, Amazing Spider-Man, number 659. Yes. And you have the same book that I have there. And then uh, we're looking back in our movie fix to a show that both John and Chris missed when it was first coming out, something that I got into and then fell out of. We're talking about BSG, Battlestar Galactica. The miniseries. Yay, miniseries. The first three episodes of the series were first released as a miniseries, and we're talking about that. Yeah. yeah. That'll basically bring it us into it, except there's always one thing that we do. We always start off with the drinking. Because it's medically appropriate. Yeah, you just read an article about that. I know. Hearts love drinking. We love it. It's good for the heart. But uh, this week for my birthday, we were up, I was up in Canadagua and stopped at a little brewery called uh, Naked Dove. And um, sampled their beer, mm-hmm. and I grabbed what I thought was a pretty good porter. Mm-hmm. Something that I actually enjoyed, and I thought, well, I could get the IPA that they have that I really liked that probably would be so-so with you guys. Mm-hmm. But I got the porter because I actually did enjoy it. Hmm. There's there's something on this porter. It tastes uh, a little sweet. A little like, uh, it starts with a V. Um, victory. It tastes a little like victory. Isn't this one of the ones... This is the beer that you owed me for our uh, beer bet. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that's where you are going for. I thought you were talking about victory brewing. No, no. It was me going for rubbing it in your face. Because I finally won yeah, one. Yeah, you finally won one. I, don't, I never well, did that when all the ones you lost to me and had to buy my beer. What bet was this for? I don't even remember. Was this the one about the hooded guardian being scouted? No, no, no. no. This no, was no, the that one, was one if, that I lost. Um, uh, how Aaron worded if he oh yes. a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this is inside baseball. Inside baseball. But uh, a little brewery. They have four beers right now. Um, a, uh, a red, a blueberry, uh, an IPA, and their stout. The red I wasn't too thrilled with. But uh, the, the, or I'm sorry, it was a blackberry. The blackberry I actually thought was really good, and I really don't like blackberry ales like that or a, a flavored ale. IPA, that was good. And mm-hmm. what do you guys think of the porter? I really actually like it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It's very light. Yeah, it's not overly smoky, yeah. it's not overly malty. It has almost that perfect balance. Yeah. With that sweet, sweet finish of victory. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought so. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely, I think it's definitely something I'd um, check out. They uh, recommend doing cutting um, this the uh, porter with their uh, their blackberry, mm-hmm. which uh, I think would probably be pretty good. I can see that being very good. Mm-hmm. So maybe on another excursion, I will come back with uh, some more from the, from their brewery. Maybe you should. What's the name of their brewery? Again? It's Naked Dove, and you can check them out um, at nakeddovebrewing.com. Uh, from when I talk to the owner, you don't want to just search for Naked Dove because a porn site will come up. Or sure. you might want to search for <laughs> Naked Dove. Because then you'll come up. Oh! oh. <laughs> see how I did that there? I see what you did there. I did that because I was clever. I'm like the Segway. Yeah. Oh. So let's just go into the Weekend Geek. <laughs> Uh, can we, t- we have to start off with the PSN network being done, that's, right? That's all I really had to talk about. All I know is they sent me an email saying, hey, Paul, uh, you should probably check your credit report and also, uh, make sure you check your bank statements and make sure that, you know, we didn't accidentally lose your credit card because we're not sure if we did <laughs> or not. Really? Sorry. Yeah, I could probably bring up the email and show it to you. Yeah, uh, okay. So... Are, are we waiting for the class action lawsuit to start? Um, there's already been rumblings about yes. it. Um, I also got an email about uh, people starting class action lawsuit against EA for Madden. Anybody why? that bought uh, because they're saying that it was not competitive, not competitiveness with them buying out uh, the whole licensing for the NFL. That oh. was anti-competitive. So I see. Seeing they shut out uh, Sega with their sport er, and also 2K. When they were offering the twenty nine ninety nine video game, so I got an email about that, and then I got the email like two days later from PlayStation, letting me know that their service has been down for three days. Wow! And that it's been hacked, and personal information was not encrypted, and uh, they weren't sure if they lost credit card information. Luckily, I never gave them any credit card information. Yeah, you don't have PlayStation Network, but so. I was signed up for their PlayStation oh, Network yeah. emails. And uh, yeah. so I would know what video games came out and stuff like that. Hmm. I That's... was pressed. You were pressed? Yes. Depressed by this whole news. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's kind of one of those situations where, you know, I'm glad I pay that $60 for a year mm-hmm. with Xbox Live because... You don't even pay 60 bucks, though, do you? Yeah. You pay full price? Yeah. You don't go to Amazon.com and buy one of the cards for 47 No. Should just go to buy them, buy the little gift cards for forty-seven, save twenty bucks. Yeah, still. All right. It's actually only like saving thirteen. Right. But it's still a savings. Do you have to pay for shipping as well. No. You sure? Yeah. Where's your statement? Get <laughs> you the statement. Amazon free shipping, man. You have to wait a week. Oh. Yeah. In your face. Yeah. In my face. Faced. Ooh. I don't know. I'd rather not wait a week. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. You'll, you'll, Mr. Money Pants over here with all our sponsorships. No, I just don't like to wait. If you already confirmed that you don't work anymore. You just make all that sweet, sweet bag and board money. I know, it's just that bag and board money that I live <laughs> off of. Sports my comic book habit. No, but, um, <laughs> back on subject, um, no real idea when PlayStation Network's going to be back up, which is kind of mm-hmm. most of much people's dismay. Um, they are now offering, though, when they get back up, uh, 
one month of uh, free PlayStation Network Plus service, even to people that don't have it, and they're giving it free to the people that did. Uh, free downloadable content. Uh, they didn't mention off the PlayStation Store. They haven't mentioned what that will be, but uh, something free, and still it not enough. won't be anything great. Still not enough to make up for people wanting to play Mortal Kombat online and Portal 2 online. Yeah. What can you do? You can have an Xbox which doesn't have a problem like that. <laughs> not yet. No. You could get, you know, but with Xbox you might get red ringed and then have to ship back your Xbox to Microsoft and then wait a week well, you, if you have Xbox. Like, if you have a PlayStation, though, those have problems too, though. They get the yellow light of death, which is their version of it. Like, mm-hmm. every system has problems. Except for the Wii, strangely enough. No, I think a 25 or 27-digit code to play with your friends, and you can't even talk to them, so you have to call them on the phone yeah. to actually set up a time and a place to actually play a video game, and you can't send them an invite to play the game that you're playing, is a problem in itself. Well, you've got PlayStation Home. <laughs> well, not right now, you don't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. You don't have anything like that on the Wii, either. Well, you can only talk to each other if you're both playing yeah, you Animal be, Crossing. <laughs> you have to be playing something that uses the Wii speak. And then you can Just be like, so, so what do you want to do in Animal Crossing? Well, we can go fishing together. Yeah, that's fun. Or we could watch fireworks together. Oh, That's romantic. I don't know why you would want to do fun. that. And that's, that's like all you can do co-op. But really, Animal when you're Crossing. watching the fireworks, all you'd be going is ooh and ah. I know. So... You don't really need the other person on the other side to do that. And no. when you're fishing, you could be like, catch anything yet? No. I feel a nibble. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. And, <laughs> and my neighbor keeps on guilting me because they haven't seen me in so long. Stupid Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. That was all I had for news, honestly. John, that, to save us. Uh, a little bit more in uh, you're speaking about people in a class action lawsuit. And their uh-huh. lawsuit is the Weinstein Company um, suing Relative uh, Media over the Crow license, which they say that they've held it ever since they owned uh, Dimension hmm. Films. But wasn't that sold off with the deal? Like the rights to all that stuff? From what the Weinstein brothers say, they still own it. They still own the rights, so we might not get the Crow f- reboot for a while. Who cares? But who were they? They were talking about Bradley Cooper being yeah. the Crow, last I heard. And they had Anderson Cooper as the Crow. That's the movie I'd want to watch. <laughs> well, he, he does know how to take a punch to the face. He's a dapper man, too. Silver Fox. That's what I like to be called. My silk hair. You do have a little silver there. You're like Reed so, Richards. Dude, I'm totally Anderson Cooper up in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had other news and I'm totally blanking on it right now. I, I couldn't find anything. Like, I'm sure I had yeah. stuff for last week when we were going to record, but I have nothing now. Like I kind of talked about stuff that I talked about in, in last week's episode. I don't think... Alright, then let's just move it right on into the list. Let's close up the geek bag. Yeah, yeah close up the geek bag. You're, letting, you're the, letting out too many geeks. Open up the comic bag. Yeah, you're looking at the comic books that are coming out. Because we're, we're bagged and bored. Oh, bags. we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. Show. Man, being off for a week really throws you guys off, huh? 
Especially since we both didn't have to do anything today. We just sat around and did nothing all day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like prepare for the show. Hey, look. Hey. <laughs> look, look, I... Half a page of stuff and most of it's scribbles. <laughs> I read comic books this morning. Oh. played Mortal Kombat. Nice. This is my day. Fear 2. Almost done with it. Yeah, how's uh, 2009? That's when the game came yeah. out. Oh. <laughs> Are you from the past? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Is this a guy that's still playing Mass Effect 2 after he's beat it like seven times? No, sir. I'm still playing Mass Effect 1, even though oh. I've now completed it for the seventh time. And I just finished that yesterday, so I'm on to Mass Effect 2, which I've only beat once. And what year did Mass Effect come out? 2006. Eight, oh, it was 2008. Who is it? Yeah. Playing a game in the past. Welcome to the future. <laughs> Where we wear hoodies. <laughs> you are wearing a hoodie. I know. I always wear a hoodie. Wearing them since 2001. <laughs> All I can say through, say, is uh, my playthrough perfect. It's so excited for Mass Effect 2. Who's a Paul? Killed Rex. Killed Ashley. Never picked up, uh, what's his name? Which you had to go back nine hours of playtime, right? Actually, it was only four. Only four? Oh, only man. four. You were a liar. I heard nine. I, I thought yeah. it was nine, and then I checked the save states again, and it was only four. Ugh. The loads. Ugh. Oh, it's uh, nine. Ugh. 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 Mm. Ugh. 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 It didn't. You didn't need to play Fear 1 to play Fear 2. Do you know who that girl is that's constantly yes. showing up? Okay. I've been really into it because I'm actually looking forward to 3. I wanted to play it to get on board for 3 because it looked really cool. When does 3 come out? Uh, it just got pushed back. Um, I think July now? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. They were showing off uh, Tor. To uh, journalists and people of actual note. Tor? The Old Republic. The Old Republic. Star Wars. The oh. Old Republic. People How was I supposed to know that's what Tor meant? Because you're supposed to be a giant nerd like Chris and I. And, you know, be up on this shit. I'm not a fucking douchebag. <laughs> Nor am I. I kind of am. <laughs> so people got to play that for two days. Mm. Us not being those people. Yeah. We're not cool enough, apparently. Thanks, Bioware. Even though I played your games for like two years straight. You were probably put on a watch list after you <laughs> talked to that guy at yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then they just check you. It's like, the guy's still playing Mass Effect. <laughs> Does he know the second one's come out? Well, he had to replay it like three times before that one came out. <laughs> and again, good playthroughs. Solid good And then, uh... Just- have Dragon good? Age Dragon Age 2 came out. Well, what is he playing? One. <laughs> he went back and played one again. This guy's mental. You need something to load into those two games, man. You can't just come in through them fresh. They're better you if could. you play it straight through. <laughs> They're no. made so you no. can go either way. I'm not going to watch Lord of the Rings Return of the King without watching the first two first. Well, no, that's what just kind dumb. What person am I? I don't know why you would do that. Huh? Silly. I don't know either. Silly. Watch all three in a row. That's how I watch those movies. Otherwise, I don't Which watch them. They are re-releasing those in theaters. I know. I kind of want to go see them again in theater. We should. It's I the, um, especially since it's the 
extended editions mm-hmm. too. Yeah. We should definitely look forward to seeing that in theaters, much like we should look forward to seeing, you know, our comic books come out May 4th, which we think way before. Sorry, I had to get more coffee. It's okay. And the book I'm looking forward to is the Jeff Lemire and Superboy number issue number seven is coming up. I was picking on us for being out of it. You were out of it right there. How so? Jeff Lemire so penned? Jeff Lemire penned. Superboy. <laughs> Number seven. Number seven. Uh, what it, what I enjoy about the series is it does harken back to what... Oh, uh, thanks, Kate. What Jeff uh, Johns was doing with the series where Superboy was making a list of, you know, what would Superman do? What would Lex Luthor do? Both his genetic fathers. And this issue will deal with... His two dads. Yeah. My two super, dads. Superboy has two dads. What if the Lex Luthor side of him takes over, much like in Graduation Day? Uh, and this will deal with that uh, implications, because apparently he wakes up one day, one morning and discovers that he's uh, he's evil. He's evil? He might. He's evil. At least for this issue. Oh, wow. Is it red kryptonite? Do not know. I haven't read the book yet. It comes out May 4th. Comes out. May 4th. So you're just having a bad day. Maybe. I didn't pick up the last one because it was the reign of the doomsday uh, tie-in. And I wasn't that interested in reading those doomsday books. Just don't like doomsday. That's okay. Yeah. I'm just wondering uh, what, kind of, what book are you guys enjoying? I'll have to, all right. to. You'll have I'm, to... A, I'm a year older. Yes. I had my birthday just recently. <gasps> And I'm trying to grow up, and I'm trying to be a little more. So I'm giving I'm giving things a chance that I usually used to never do. Hmm. And I'm picking up a. Sounds like John's getting a little curious in his old age. I'm picking up a Bendis book, and it's 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 kind of known that I'm not the biggest Bendis fan. <laughs> not not, not the biggest new Bendis fan. You do love I I do more so. Uh, torso, um, goldfish, goldfish powers, jinx. I do. I did really, really enjoy those books, and even his right when he started coming into Marvel, some of those stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving his uh, relaunch of Moon Knight a look see. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out. You've given Moon Knight a chance before. I like, I do like Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually, I actually, when he came back a couple years ago, I never. I never picked up those. They're on my list of books to pick up. But I've always enjoyed him from Spider-Man. You don't put words in my mouth. I never said that. No, you did. You said, oh, I'm really excited to look. Like, even before we did this podcast, you would tell me books that you were excited to pick up. <laughs> Who was? I was excited to pick Pick those up. I never got around to it. Yes, I, because I was like at the Paul, book those shop. were hints for my birthday I know. what I wanted. I know. And then I was Moon Knight, Paul. What do you think about that? They got those be, trades. Then I would look at those trades and I'd be like, oh, Jen already picked these up. He talked about them so much. <laughs> oh, Paul, I like those. And then suddenly, John, you didn't know this, but two years ago, John was actually a newsie from 1940. You wouldn't guess it, would ya? <laughs> would ya? No. He's finally adapted to these times. But he's still... That's why he's wearing hoodies now. We're talking about this Bendis character. That's why he's finally picked up here, too. 
Chris. Um, book I'm looking forward to is being put out by a comic book company, but it's not really a comic book. Hmm. I am picking up a Delirium's Party, a little endless storybook from Vertigo Comics, um, written and drawn, or painted, I should say, by Jill Thompson. Uh, it's a award-winning Jill award-winning Thompson. Jill Thompson. It's a it's a Sandman book, um, dealing with Delirium of the Endless. Um, they, they've done one of these once before. They did a little endless storybook where it was a about you know kind of Delirium's big day out, mm-hmm. and they were just like really fun little stories that it's it's basically a kid's picture book, but mm-hmm. with Sandman characters. And I'm a huge Sandman fan. I will pick up any book that's Sandman related. And I, I'm grabbing this. Man, let's not talk about comic books for the rest of the show. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about something else. Like our monthly look back, where we're going to review some of the comic books that came out this month. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> talking about being With your 2001 hoodie. Hey! Talking about being when stuck I started in the- wearing them, when they were fashionable. Talking about being stuck in the past... We're going back to the past in Uncanny X-Men, where Carrie Gillian is revisiting a past storyline from Astonishing X-Men, written by the uh, ever-so-talented Joss Whedon. Joss fucking Whedon. Oh, did he win? He won. He won. My pick. Did he win what? He won the Honorable Order (laughs) of Ruthaz. No! Fucking hell now. I'm sorry, Aaron, it's a ridiculous title. So he was inducted into <laughs> the Indomitable Order of Zona Ruthaz. Inducted into the Zona Ruthaz uh, because of votes <laughs> by you, listeners. listeners. And us. We voted. We voted. But, uh, I voted. I know. I voted. Paul didn't vote because his pick got knocked out. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you, Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> no, it wasn't even Sigourney Weaver. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, it was a bullshit writer. <laughs> Bullshit. Coin the term. Cyberspace. Cyberspace. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> episode's just evolving. It, it has devolved. It's no longer bag and broadcast. This is not even bag. I don't... You're going to think of a pre-evolution container and... <laughs> And leaf cast. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't seed cast be better? Seed, yes. Remember the movie Fern Gully? <laughs> you mean Avatar? Pocahontas? <laughs> Alright, comic books. Uncanny X-Men, 535. Yes. We're talking about it. It's the return of Greek World. Uh, of course, introduced by Joss Whedon. Invented by Joss Whedon. Uh, I kind of like this book because it's getting back to those small character moments between the X, the members of the X-Men team. You, you start off on the beach with Kitty hanging out, having a picnic with, with Colossus, and uh, being rudely interrupted by a giant squid, uh, shrimp robot. And it's, it plays into that little bit of comedy with... This is nice. Hey, uh, Peter, are you with me? There's a giant battle going on behind me, isn't there? <laughs> and then cut to the widening of the scene, and yes, there is Namor battling a giant shrimp robot. Funny. Fun. 
and also that kind of quirkiness, but also playing into all the past relationships and all the minutiae in the heavy continuity that uh, comes with being an X-Men fan. Indeed. And that's why I enjoyed this book. And you know what? It's not drawn by uh, by Greg Land anymore. And I was going to say, why I like this book is actually, <laughs> it wasn't drawn by Greg Land. Um, artwork done by Terry Dodson, um, who I do enjoy his with work. Rachel Dodson. And his uh, wife, Rachel, doing inks for him. Um, he's got a fun style. I think it suits the X-Men well. Um, it, it's very expressive. Um, I've liked mm-hmm. his stuff before. He did the... My, probably my favorite work of his was the Spider-Man Black Cat Evil That Men Do mm-hmm. miniseries that took forever to come out, written by Kevin Smith. But this is the kind of X-Men comic book that I would like to read. Um, mm-hmm. Not just because it's picking up on those threads from Astonishing X-Men, but I like the stuff with on the Pages right now mm-hmm. where Magneto's... A, Approaching Cyclops because that gigantic bullet mm-hmm. that Kitty Pride was rode in like on. rode in on, <laughs> she based through like that's the kind of metal he's never heard of before. He's like, I'm a man who knows his metals. Shouldn't we be looking into this? And I like how everyone's just kind of like brushing him off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like Magneto playing nice with the X Men. Yeah, and it's nice to see him kind of struggling with that wait, I'm not in charge kind of moment, and this is kind of highlighting that fact. Because if he was in charge, that would be the thing they were doing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's not storming in and telling them, no, Scott, this is what we're doing. It's him taking kind of that back seat to everybody else. And, uh, John, I know you kind of enjoyed his moments with Nemesis. Maybe? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> he didn't know who Nemesis was. I didn't know who he was. Um, I enjoyed the beginning, I enjoyed the end where it seemed like something was going to happen and I was really bored with the middle. I was like, wow, is this what X-Men really are, are like? Like you, you said you were interested in all that little the mm-hmm. little behind the scenes stuff with them. The back and forth between all the characters, each of Brand was Christy. the whole book. Yes. Dramatic eye roll. That's not what I want in my X Men book. I want you want that. them fighting vampires then. Exactly. I want. I would. I would rather have them battling stuff than talking to each other. So, are you interested in them uh, taking on political refugees? No. This isn't. This isn't the book for me. And I, you know, it's, it's. I mean, we all have different tastes, and it's mm-hmm. just like now. Nah, it's not scratching that itch. Hey, I like a book as long as they get the character voices to match which is already in my head. You can take them down a different road as long as I can see a logical progression. Mm-hmm. But I really do hate when characters just don't seem right. Carrie, um, right? Kieran uh, Gillian, Gillian yeah. really nails these characters for me at least. These guys feel right. Those yeah. moments feel like Wolverine being like, We'll take care of the uh, planetary ball crusher. I'd rather just take care of the planetary ball crusher. Oh, and while we're here, we'll take care of the uh, whole break world ship. Because he's poking fun at Agent Brand. You know, being a little pissy. And, and Kitty Pride just being the typical nice girl. That can be fastball special to tear up some shit. Like, those are the moments that I, you know... And I'm like, they make me smile. Yeah, I... I like the character interactions, which mm-hmm. is why, why you read a book with characters that you like, because you want to see them play. And I like the whole, like, 
them talking about Beast, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. Agent Brand. Because um, I, I was kind of like, oh, that's right. Like, her and Beast were a thing because I haven't picked up an X-Men book since Astonishing ended. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of a lie because I picked up those two issues of X-Men when it relaunched and I put them down. Um, but no, this yeah. is a book that I like. And I have to say... I do enjoy when artists remember that Wolverine's like a foot shorter than everyone else. <laughs> yes. Um, that's one of my favorite things. Um, Terry Dawson does a good job of making Wolverine that kind of short, stout, little scrapper. It is good. It is a fun issue. I'm sorry, John, that you did not enjoy it. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad writing. Mm-hmm. It's just not my kind of book. Yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, like, uh, they did capture... The voices of the characters. Mm-hmm. I just didn't care what the characters had to say. I, I really like Namor in it, too. He doesn't do too much, but that opening scene with him, mm-hmm. that was all good. Like him and uh, Colossus teaming up, and the whole time Namor just has this, like, yeah, you should be so lucky. Yeah. Like, you will enjoy attitude. the privilege of fighting with me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I dug that. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it's an arrogance, but not quite an assholishness. Yeah. But borders on that line. It's it's straddling it. Mm-hmm. Looks like my brother-in-law. <laughs> An arrogance, but not quite. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we basically done with this book? Yeah. Um, are you going to be picking up the next I, issue? I probably won't be picking it up, but um, I look forward to talking to you about it. Okay. This Right here. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. came out? It came out. Uh, I might as well read it. double shipped. So, yeah. Month. So I'll, probably I'll probably pick it, it up from the table in front of you yeah. and read it later. All right, cool. Um, where I didn't think the character voices exactly matched up with what was happening in the name series, you know, uh, Fantastic Four, or FF as it's now called, uh, we go to uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 659, Written by Dan Slott, art by Cassilli. I'm not sure. Stefano Cassilli. Thank you. You um, are welcome. <laughs> Sometimes I know my shit. This... I'm prepared for this, Paul. There dare you is. pick on me early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even from the cover, I'm like, wow, this is a, a uh, much more lighthearted look at this group coming together than what's been happening in FF. FF has been built on these small, quiet moments where Spider-Man is the guy that comes in, the, the jokester, into a family that is not willing to laugh quite yet because of what has happened. It's filled with quiet moments of Ben Grimm uh, closing the door of the bedroom that he's in because he doesn't want to talk to anybody. It's filled with the moments of Peter Parker pulling out a chair and being told he can't sit there. That's Johnny's chair. Um... Them being like, we're not, we don't feel like wearing the blue with the four around it because it doesn't feel right without Johnny being here. This, this is a whole different cup of tea. This is Zombie Pirates. This is Zombie Pirates. Um, John, this was your book. You picked this, this one. This was. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked it because I, I like the cover. I thought, mm-hmm. well, this is going to be a fun interaction with Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And this is the book that I would want to read with <laughs> Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, not the book you described. <laughs> right. Be- you know, but I thought this book was fun. And I think it, you know, Spider-Man even says, like, you know, every month I have a crazy excursion with you guys. Like, it, it <laughs> seems like this has put time between 
the Fantastic Four issues, where they are kind of back, mm-hmm. and it's still, Spider-Man is still an outsider in this, mm-hmm. but it's, he's getting part of the team. It's yeah. not, he's not the family, mm-hmm. he's part of the team. And I, I have to say, I enjoy this, um, this is probably one of the first Spider-Man <laughs> books I've read in years. I, I flipped through those ones that you picked up without Craven coming back. Mm-hmm. But the last Spider-Man I actually booked was right before they went into the other storyline. So we're going back like four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I kind of like it paying homage to the old school Fantastic Four where they kind of mm-hmm. had that little flashback moment where the, they talk about the first time they met Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. And they've been on this island before and Ben had to like... Three and a half years ago. Yeah. Disguise himself as a pirate. Mm-hmm. Um... And I kind of like all those callbacks, and I feel like the main reason you are getting that difference is kind of, John said this before we recorded, it's a Spider-Man book versus the Future Foundation. Right. You have Dan Slott writing a book, while you have Hickman writing another one. So I think they're just two very different sides, because that's kind of just who those guys are, and what those books mm-hmm. as a whole are, too. Um, I have to say... I really liked uh, Valeria in this, too. Yeah. Like, last time I really like read Fantastic Four, she was still just kind of like a little kid. She really didn't do anything. So to see her kind of uh, following in Dad's footsteps, mm-hmm. it was kind of fun. Like, And then having Sue be like, yeah, you don't know what it's like to try to be a mother to a little genius. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It definitely captures the fun side of the Fantastic Four, where, I mean, like, Paul, you're a giant Fantastic Four fan, so mm-hmm. you're looking for that other side, the more serious stuff. Well, that's what With, I have been reading recently, and to jump right into this, it's a little, like, uh, emotional whiplash. It's like, whoa. It's it's kind of more reminiscent, if you look at the mm-hmm. Fantastic Four stuff from the 90s and the early 2000s, yeah, yeah. where it was them going on those adventures, and it's just kind of that wacky family sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not to be a giant spoiler, but you have the Sinister Six show up at the end, so you're going to have Fantastic Four versus Spider-Man villains. But check out what's up with the look of Doc Ock. When did he become, like, grito- gr- grotesque? Grotesque, thank you. Uh, octopus-looking man. Yeah, with the, with the I don't know. He's got like a breathing apparatus. He yeah, looks I don't like know. he's been set on fire. I know fire. he had cancer or something going on, um, but I'm not sure exactly what has happened with it since. Yeah, haven't. I haven't really seen anything. Read. Wow. And is this a new Rhino that just came about, or is this the old? See, we're so far. I'm so far out of the fan of uh, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. That I don't know. I'm going to have to Wikipedia yeah. that up. I mean, as am I, but like I said, like, what happened to Doc Ock? But if this is what the Spider-Man books are going to be like for the next little bit, Mm -hmm. I probably would pick these up, because I really did enjoy this. I enjoy the tone of this book. Like, this would be the tone of of a Spider-Man book with the Fantastic Four that I would want to read. Then you should keep on picking this up. I plan on it. Um... Valeria should probably never use the word cheesy or cheesing out. Your your transmission is cheesing out. I know that it's nitpicky as all hell as, as much as uh I think they're trying to show that she's still a kid. 
Yeah, but she's not that. That yeah. she's not like that in a kid way. There's other ways that could show it, and it was also very not to nitpick because I really like the look of Ben Grimm in this. Uh, Stefano Carcilli, Casilli did a great job with I think the Fantastic Four, except Sue and Valeria looked almost identical at times. Um, where it was confusing to me is who was actually talking uh, when they show up. And another nitpicky thing is Franklin's not actually part of the Kids Future Foundation because he's just not smart enough. Just just saying. He's not that genius level. Also, are they playing roller derby? I don't even know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That's Having just jumped into this, I'm guessing the one girl is Peter Parker's girlfriend. girlfriend, and she's having like a drunken night kind of with the ladies. But she... But it's... And it sounds like she's also a cop. Just to pick into this, it, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of weird. Because that really threw me off. Yeah. Because there was really no transition to it. it I thought it was an ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah he turned the page, and there it is. Mm-hmm. Those are the nitpicky things I had with it. Um... Yeah, I just don't feel like the character voices were exactly right, but that is because I'm so engrossed in what Jonathan Hickman's doing. And this is a Dan Slott book. This is Dan Slott with his even meta-comic book humor. And, you know, the Fantastic Four. There's uh, the Invisible Girl. And the Thing. And Mr. Mr. Elongated Man. And, uh, of course, Mr. Fantastic says, I hope you have really good lawyers. You know, that's the meta kind of humor that you get from a Dan Slott book, which can be a lot of fun, and uh, I think it is a, a fun book, but again, uh, but uh, we're on the opposite sides of the coin here, the book that isn't for me. Right. And you, because you are, you've been deeply invested in Fantastic Four for a couple of years now. Yeah, a couple of years You now. always have, you're always on and I've, off with uh, them. Mm-hmm. I have a love, kind of like, relationship <laughs> with that Fantastic Four. It never gets to hate Except for when Mark Millar writes it. Uh, but an appreciation, deep appreciation and an affinity for Fantastic Four. Now, because they deal with those over-the-top big stories, you know, and big ideas that I, I like, you know. Where else well, would we get and talk, Talking about big ideas and big stories, that leads us into our other book that we picked up this month, um, which is Matt Fraction's Fear Itself, number one. This is... Marvel's next big event crossover um, picked it up because, you know, it's Marvel's big event crossover. We should, you know, look into this. And I have to say, I really did enjoy it. Um, you have Asgard is now on Earth. and From the events of Siege. From the events of Siege, which I read the first well, couple. And stuff. Or pre-Siege, really. But, but uh, you have them uh, about to set up shop and people aren't too happy about it. And while this is happening, the daughter of the Red Skull is trying to find something. Sin. Is that her name? Yes, Sin. Okay. that's I am. Looking for something that her uh, dad left in his journals, which is another Asgardian hammer, and leads her to the God of Fear. And here um, you go. Or the real All-Father. We don't know if he's the God of Fear quite yet. Yeah. All they know is that the, he wants to spread fear. Uh, he's saying that he is a true All-Father father, and that Odin is the usurper. That uh, he, Odin had caged him into uh, the deep sea, guarded by three or four dragons. I'm not sure how many. Yeah. 
Ooh. or serpents. Could could be like three, but one of them has two heads. So yeah. you never know. You can, you it's know, it's Asgard shit. Yeah, they, they can do crazy <laughs> things. But um, to just kind of jump into this, it seems more like cleanup crossover while setting something up. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who just kind of narrowly followed Siege, it was weird to jump into because they really don't have a lot of backstory to it. Right. Um, it's very Marvel where it's like, well, we're assuming that you are not, we're not sure what they're writing, what the protest is about what, like it's definitely an analog to the, uh, Twin Towers. Yeah. When they were like, like the mosque, they were going to be built. Or the mosque. Yeah. Like whether or not a monument should be built there kind of thing. And it's all, well, we, we can't give people back their sense of safety or security. Uh, but let's distract them by making a building project, and that's Tony Stark's great plan. Is let's let's say that we're going to rebuild, you know, give everybody in this faltering uh, town of uh, Brookhaven or Broxton, Broxton, um, jobs by making a build, big building contract using our repulsor technology to rebuild Asgard for the Asgardians, which Odin takes great offense to because these ants are going to help us rebuild. It takes a flick of our fingers to do it. We don't need Matt Man anymore. And, and then, you, then you have Thor siding mm-hmm. with humanity. It's like, no, this to them is a gesture. Like, mm-hmm. th- this is them trying to, you know, build bridges. Yeah. And Odin just not having any of it and lays smack down on Thor. And at the, the end... Your drop. At the end, you have <laughs> them basically saying, all right... Screw you guys, we're going home. And Asgard leaves Earth right on the verge of, you know, sin and the quote, quote, all father or the serpent laying waste to it. Um, I have to say, I I did enjoy it and I probably will continue to pick this up. A big part of that is Stuart Eminem's art. Um, I I love his artwork. I was a huge fan of his stuff Mm -hmm. on Next Wave. He's done really great Marvel books. I enjoy his art, but a lot of times he makes everybody yelling constantly. Like, her right there in the car. That guy's well, yelling. That guy's talking <laughs> to you. Yeah, but she's yelling. Like, oh, a lot of people are just yelling. Which is fun. You know, it's a nitpicky thing. Yeah. But you can tell all the characters apart. Um, Everyone's very distinctive. I, he yeah. has very clean line work, which mm-hmm. I really like because things don't get too muddied. It's an... It's an economical line work. Yeah. You know, it's every line. There's very few lines on the page, it seems, but they all are important. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's a beautiful looking book. It does. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, like, I really enjoyed the stuff with um, the Red Skull. Mm-hmm. I really liked all the stuff with Odin, especially, like, yeah, here when he's talking the with the Watcher. Um, some of the other stuff, like the, everybody on top of the Avengers building, mm-hmm. looking out and having those conversations, seemed, like, forced in. They took beats away from the book that didn't exactly need to be there. I think it slowed the pace down on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I really did like it. Um, Matt Fraction doing this, so... I'm glad that it's not Bendis because it might be something that I will keep reading because I know it'll have a nice. Because you would never want to pick up a Bendis book. I know. I mean, 
uh, a Wait, nice... did, did we already talk about the books coming out? Oh, yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was going to be a point brought up on this. But, yeah. Um, I, I think it, you're going to get a, a good story that has a finish. Yeah. I just kind of, story-wise, was confused by why Steve Rogers at the end would be like, we're on our own. He doesn't realize the serpent is back, you know? Nobody realizes the serpent is back other than Odin. So it's... Why is it a big deal that the Asgardians are going back to Asgard? Like, that would probably be a relief if I was this metahuman or, you know, a guy that's in charge... Like, the all-American police officer that he is now. Uh, That's one less thing he needs to worry about. Having these guys, like, bringing shit upon themselves. Uh, yeah. Thor, my buddy, getting kicked out. Big deal. But that that whisper of, we're on our own now, seems a little out of place, and it's too set up momentum for this plot that the character shouldn't know about. Um, yeah. You could also look at it as, we're on our own now, meaning, well, the gods have left Earth, which mm. probably might bring... You know, the jobs that were about to be yeah. done. Um, just having the gods on on Earth might mean something to people. Having those those people actually walk the Earth with them now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's one of those things that I think it is maybe just a little. Mis- I would I would definitely take my uh, my stock out of the mead producers uh, <laughs> now that the Volstag is no longer on Earth. Yeah. Uh, probably would want to not invest as heavily as I was before. Uh, Smithings. Sandals. Don't they wear a lot yeah, of sandals? sandals. Probably want to, yeah, divest out of those com- kind of companies. Chainmail. You're right. Chainmail. You're right. It does big impact on the economy yeah. now that they're leaving yeah. Earth. <laughs> but I meant for that town. Right. To get back on his feet. That yeah, we're they, they, build. they were giving tours, like, this is the town next to Asgard, like... Right, because they were cashing in, yeah. but people were leaving that town because it got so hectic and crazy with all the fighting that was happening. That was one of the reasons people were leaving towns, and businesses were leaving those towns. And when the businesses left the town because it was so insecure, because guys were effing shit up, uh, that's why the jobs left, and so now... Now that the gods are gone, maybe those jobs could, those businesses could come back, and uh, the jobs could come back, and the people would be like, "Oh, cool! I won't hear the sound of thunder every two seconds as <laughs> Thor comes into town." Hmm. God of thunder! Live next to a bowling alley. At least we won't notice. Yeah. Be next to a train station. You know, help a guy out. Help a brother out. You know, live next to him. You know, live in a mining town at least. Well, sometimes it doesn't matter where you live. You just don't know your neighbors. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't know your neighbors. That was a good segue. I was trying. I was, think, I was really trying to think of a way to segue that. I kept on tossing out ways. I could. Where can you live? Mining towns. You know, where is it quiet? Oh, I didn't pick up on that at all. Nowhere quieter than space. Yeah. No. Nobody can hear you scream. Maybe this town should be decommissioned and made into a museum. <laughs> That's heading us into our quote-unquote movie fix, because we're not talking about a movie today. We're actually going back 
to 2008. I have no Actually, idea what it came out. I, I really think this came out in 2008. Um, the relaunch of the Battlestar Galactica miniseries. No, it can't be 2008 because it was out before. It was on DVD when I moved into this apartment. Which is John's repeating it right so now. So it has to be 2005, 2006 at the earliest. The earliest. Season 2 was happening in 2006. Was it? Yeah. I, I threw that date out because I want to say that's when I really started hearing about it. Mm. 2008 is probably when it wrapped up. It's possible. This is like a whole time machine episode. I know this episode is just strewn with the time machine. Silly with it. Have you found it yet, John? No. Uh, this was a series that I watched the miniseries when it was first on Sci-Fi Channel, before it was turned into Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi before it was Sci-Fi. And uh, I thought it was kind of slow when I first watched 2004. it. 2004. Because it was an every day event. <laughs> you know, you had to come in to watch the first three parts every day. And that was before we knew there was going to be a whole series. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a three-part miniseries and then done kind of thing. And I wanted to see how they did it. There was another, a lot of uproar back in the day about uh, making so many of the major characters girls. Starbuck and Boomer. But uh, I really like this take. Yeah. I like. Uh, I really like uh, Adama being that old, grizzled kind of military man instead of the like happy... Like leader of men that he was in the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Battlestar Galactica starts off with uh, a time of peace. Nobody's heard from the Cylons in over forty years. So the, from the first Cylon War, Cylons were created by man. You get that all in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Uh, I don't think I need to break it down. I think everybody knows what it is, and uh, we come to a time where all of a sudden Caprica, the main city, the main uh, colony with the other 12 colonies, are all being nuked from the, seemingly from the inside. And suddenly, the Cylons are back. And they're not taking any shit. No, they mean business. They do. Uh, and I believe it was in, um, I, I think it was like the, the second or the third one, Chris just goes, man, these guys are not fucking around. And it was <laughs> um, when they were jumping. It was in, it was in the second episode, actually, yeah. where they, like, there's that little girl... On like the ship playing with their toy, mm-hmm. and everyone's making the uh, FTL jump, mm-hmm. and like they just tell, like the, I can't remember if someone mentions to the president or if it's to uh, Adama, where it's like their ship can't make the jump, mm-hmm. and like everyone else is jumping away, and you just see like the ship's kind of like closing in. It's like, oh my god, this series goes right for the heart. Yeah. Like there's there's no real time to breathe in these first three episodes. I think it does get slowed down in that third episode, though, when they're at the weapons depot, and you meet the first time you see, spoiler alert, a human-looking Cylon other than the blonde-haired girl. Yeah. Uh, they play it out in the third episode where you're not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's from Du, du South. He, he plays the second Ray. In the South. <laughs> Another TV show, that which is fabulous, which is from even earlier. Yeah. Even earlier. Going way back. And he was also in Existence. <laughs> that guy. I don't know yeah. his name, but he's a good character actor, and I enjoy him when he pops up. Um, I think that's 
where it really kind of slowed down for me in the miniseries. That whole episode of being trapped. Um, that, see, that one really people didn't seem slowed down to me, just because they were like, okay, we're on this base, mm-hmm. we need to get our shit and get out of here as fast as we can, kind of. Right. And you have your commander off with someone else, mm-hmm. who, while you're watching it, you know... Mm-hmm. He's not normal. You, like, you he's, know he's going to be a Cylon. You know he's not right in the head, maybe because he's been alone for so long. Mm. Or, yeah, that he's a Cylon. Yeah. And uh, and the radiation's been killing him the whole time. Who knows? And the general, I mean, he he knows that something's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adama, Adama. 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 Horrible names. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he knows. And you have that great little fight between them all. Yeah. Well, the other thing I like is... is it progresses into the show because Chris and I have uh, been continuing to watch mm-hmm. it. Is like he's got that gash on his head for the next couple episodes, yeah. and you watch it get smaller and smaller. Yeah, and I, like that's something that I like. Those little details like that is something I like in my episodic mm-hmm. TV dramas like this. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always what I like. The little things like that, like with Lost, that Chris and I are huge fans of. Or in Doctor Who, Bad Wolf, in there. Yeah, throughout. So it's. Um, I definitely, I, I really like it, and we've like we've just been continuing to watch it every yeah. night. We put in like two to three episodes. It's it's solid. I can't believe you're watching it without me. Oh, well, you, you have Netflix. You can you can catch up. We're only like on episode like seven or eight, I think. I know. And I should watch it again with Eric. It's it's really good. Eric being the guy that I watched it first with. No. And we got up to, we watched all of season one, and then we're like, oh, we should get it season two. I think I even bought him season two, like the first part of it for. His birthday or Christmas one year, when it was on sale, and then we just never got together to watch it. It's a really good show. I mean, mm-hmm. I do enjoy all the characters on it. I want to see what happens with all of them. Do you have a favorite character yet? Um, it, it's really tough. I really like uh, Apollo, um, well, Adama's <laughs> Adam, Adama's son Lee. Um, I, I like him. He, I know. I'm just being um, an ass. You you are an ass. <laughs> um, you spoiled like everything in like the beginning of the show for us. Yeah, I know. Um, Told you all twelve <laughs> models. Um, I I do like Boomer. I want to see what happens with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know why they're s- fucking with that. Guy. I know. I want to see what happens with Hilo. Like <laughs> yeah. Starbuck. Like we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. this the other night. Like. At the very beginning, they seem to like just be trying so damn hard to make her like badass. so badass. Mm-hmm. But as you go on, I like seeing the relationship between her and Adama. Yeah, like I like that he's kind of got her back. Mm-hmm. You know, thinks of her as a daughter. Like mm-hmm. she would have. He's definitely the favorite. Yeah. She is definitely the favorite. Yeah, um, it's it's great. Just like even I don't know if it's episode five or six, but like where she's training those other pilots, mm-hmm. like. That was a great character stuff there. Yeah. No. John, do you have a favorite character so far? Um, I, I think just kind of like what Chris said. Uh, I, I do like... Um, I like the drunk XO. Yeah. I, uh, Ty. Ty. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's a little creepy. He's an asshole. He's a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. You know? And everybody knows he's a drunk. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's the worst kept secret on that battle station. And uh, Adama and um, Starbug. I Starbug? Starbuck. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I get confused because it's called in uh, 
Red Dwarf, they have a thing called Starbug. Hmm. Makes me think of that. <laughs> it doesn't make me think of the coffee at all. No. No, no. it doesn't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I like, like Chris said, I like that uh, play between them. I don't, I like what they do with the Doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, was going to say, actually, I really like watching the stuff with Gaius. Like, mm-hmm. it's... But I don't like, I don't like the actor. Really? He, he's supposed to be sleazy. He pulls. He pulls it off. And I think at that's, all times. Yeah, that's what he. Lo- he's much better Gaius than the old school Gaius that was always just on a battle star. You know the. Uh, I never the, watched the, the old show. The old. He would. He actually portrayed him. Actually, became a leader of the Cylons in the old show, and he had his own, you know, Cylon battle cruiser, being a chair, and it was an ass. This is a much more cooler. This is a cooler ass. Yeah, know? I mean, because I like, I do like bad guys and people who are very flawed like that. But yeah, is I, he been I, testing blood. Yeah. No, he's um, he's still kind of in the thing. Like, oh, I have a way to test for Cylons, but he really doesn't. Like, it's just mm-hmm. him, like trying to bullshit his way. Yeah. Through because he's just he got lucky, pretty mm-hmm. much the first time. Yeah. Just to, like cover his own ass. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I really like. Like everyone thinks of him as this great, uh, like brilliant mind. And mm-hmm. in reality, like he's just so messed up with everything that's going on in his head. Mm-hmm. Like he's not even aware of what's happening yeah. on Galactica. Yeah, he's too busy having weird sex fantasies. Have <laughs> <laughs> people walked in on him having those weird sex fantasies yet? It's constantly throughout the show. Like he's got his hand out, like he's holding her hand, Mm -hmm. or he's got his hand up, like he's touching her face, Mm -hmm. or she's sucking on his finger. Yeah. Okay. Like his eyes are rolling back in his head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely it's. He's a genius, but he's eccentric. Yes. Um, it's get those that miniseries. It's got me, and Mm -hmm. I'm like I. This is what I was waiting for for it all to be done so I could sit down and watch it all. Yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm finally getting into it. And I have to say, I love the fact that the uh, special effects are all done by Zoic, who did uh, Firefly. Mm. Which, when you watch those like space scenes, it's just like going home again if you're mm-hmm. like a Firefly or Serenity fan. Because if you're a like, brown coat? If you're a brown coat. Because it's that, like, that quick Mm-hmm. Like handy cam, almost in space, like with the, like the zooms, and then like it kind yeah. of coming into focus. Uh, documentary, feel, yeah. That's what they kept on saying when they were first showing the show. Which I I really like. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until you guys are done with this and you can start watching Doctor Who. I watched all of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, cool. I, I need to talk more Doctor Who then. I've been waiting to get into it, but it's just, just trying to. It keeps happening. There's so much of it. Yeah, you just gotta where you gotta sit down and, and put some time in for Lost though. Paul. I tried. You didn't. You didn't. I think four episodes. Yeah, four episodes when they're still just introducing like four hours the characters. I well, only have time to Paul, go back four hours those, for Mass Effect. Paul, those f- four episodes you watched <laughs> were, nine. were actually only three because the first one was a two-hour pilot. <sighs> so the first two episodes you watched were actually just one. Okay. So when you were watching those on TV, you would have just seen that one. Okay. So you only you only gave it three episodes, Paul. Still, should have been enough to catch uh, it. You gotta hey. put a season in. Hey, Bellstar hooked you after how many episodes? 
Oh, it's because I knew everything about Battlestar going in, and I yeah, cared you about... You saying that could spoil stuff for you? No, I'm, I'm busting your chops because I know who all the Cylons are already. I actually don't. I have absolutely no idea about anything. Everything that happens in the show is new and fresh and exciting. I'm you all 12 models right now. Ready? <laughs> you do it, I will knock the shit out of you. So you got the blonde-haired girl in the red dress. <laughs> you got Boomer. Taking my, taking my... Spoiler of it. Taking my fucking 2001 hoodie off. <laughs> no, um, but Lost, it's... I don't want to say it's an investment, because as soon as you start watching it, you will get hooked. Mr. Pink is the only guy that lives. Um, I'm glad I don't know names. No, no, I was he's, just spoiling he's, Reservoir he's Dogs. He's talking about Reservoir Dogs. He doesn't live. He's shot at the end. Way to spoil Reservoir Dogs for our listeners. Oh, I gotta go to the Wayback Machine to 1992. <laughs> I know. Bruce Willis is dead. It's just trying to be funny, John. That's all I ever tried to do. No, <laughs> you're never very good at it. No. Much like how we're never very good at coming up with what we're talking about next week. <laughs> we should try to... We sat around for like two hours here before the show, We too. were reading comic books. Mm, that's true. And remember, this is the last week you can get in on the fun, on the action, for bragging rights on these the three of us here, and also the guys over at Red Phone Zone to prove that you know movies better than we do, to get in on the Bagden Boardcast summer movie blockbuster Buster bracket. Get, send in your picks. Contact at BegmanBoardcast.com or just put them on the uh, on the comments of the story. Yeah, because you can do that on our website, BegmanBoard.com. It's easy. It's fun. Much like picking a topic for next week. It's easy. It's fun. It's easy and it's fun. It's fun. And next week we're going to be taking a look back at the recently wrapped up DC what Maxi series? Would you call it? Yeah, it's twenty four issues. Twenty four issues by uh, by weekly. I still uh, think it's too felt too short, but you know. But we're talking about Brightest Day from DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And join us for our movie fix, where we're bringing you something that is on our bracket buster, thundering into theaters. That's Four. horrible. Why would I say thundering into theaters? Because yeah, you did. Because you're the witty one in the group. No, no, oh, that was not mm-hmm. witty. Mm-hmm. We didn't expect much.